into the room please forgive me for the delay i know that i had scheduled the episode for yesterday at three o'clock uh time got away they don't make time like they used to <laughs> my the pastor at my church I always say that i think that's so hilarious however sometimes i feel like it's true where does the time go where did this year go y'all but yeah, so please forgive me. Um, yesterday, things just kind of uh, went in a different direction. So I needed to um, just put it on pause for yesterday and just come on today where I wouldn't be trying to rush, where I wouldn't be distracted with all of these things or what I got to do um, in my mind, right? Because sometimes, you know, because we can get, you know, live a life of busyness, you know, we're, you know, doing a lot. And this is the holiday season, so it's a lot going on. Whether they're celebrations, holiday parties, get-togethers, you know, events, you know, shopping, you know, we find ourselves being really busy. And so I never want to come and um, serve God, amen, because this, this podcast for me is a part of my service unto the Lord. It's a part of the uh, purpose that he gave me, right? So I don't want to do that and um, bring all of the busyness of life into it because i don't know it might hinder the way the lord wants to um, move right so uh yeah so today is the day i got time i'm in a good place i've been in the presence of the lord um all early afternoon and so i'm feeling just the i just still feeling the presence of god feeling full of joy excited because i know god is moving he's doing some amazing things not just for me but for you all so come into the room i'll give it a few minutes before we get started with today's episode which is just a season finale right we're going to do a recap and we're going to let holy spirit flow however he wants to flow but my intention is to do a recap and talk about some of the um you know the the, the highs the highs of this year and you know some of the discoveries of this year right i don't like to call things losses i like to call them discoveries um my coach um, he, you know, he uh, taught me that, you know, in life, it's, it's just not about losses. It's about, well, what did I discover? Because when you discover something, you get to take that with you and then you get to use that, right? And it becomes a part of your growth. It comes a part of you, you know, getting better. It comes a part, you know, of, you know, you learning how to adjust or learning what not to do, which is always a good thing. That's a win, right? So, you know, even talk about discoveries and um, hopefully changing our perspective about when things just don't go the way we think or when we think or when we do something and we don't get the desired outcome or, you know, we just feel like we just, you know, took an L, right? Sometimes that's that's real. And so because we keep it hot, honest, open and transparent here on the podcast, we want to talk about those things and really how to shift our perspective about that even going into this new season. You know, I don't like to put a lot of emphasis on new year because it's a new year every month but a season can be a longer amount of time right a season isn't just um confined to a particular time frame right a season can be you know short it could be you know a couple months it could be years it could be decades right you just don't know when you are in um 
walking out your walk here uh, as a believer with the Lord. We don't know. We just know that in Ecclesiastes 3, it tells us that there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. But we have time and seasons as we observe them according to our calendar, right? According to, to the increments of time that we observe. However, that's not necessarily how God's calendar works. And so when we are in a season of something, it can be a long period of time. It can be a short period of time, like I said. So when we, I don't want to focus on a new year because that is just a 12-month increment. We're wanting to focus on seasons and, 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 and lifetimes because as long as we're here on the earth, we're, we're constantly evolving and constantly getting better and constantly learning, right? And so we don't want to limit ourselves to, oh, let's just have a New Year's resolution because that's why a lot of times those things are not successful because we think we can make a lot of changes or some huge monumental changes in our life in a, in a certain amount of time or for a certain particular time. And it's like, Every time you decide you want to grow, you want to get better, you want to become, you know, you, you want to excel, you want to, you know, advance into, into something new and you want to, you know, mature in your, in your walk, in your faith. You want to, you know, you got goals that you want to accomplish, whether it's in your career and ministry, um, whether it's with your family, whether it's just personal goals, whatever. It's always a time to do that. You don't got to wait to a new year. You don't have to wait to a particular time in a, in a calendar you can decide today can be that day right just like salvation the bible tells us that today is the day of salvation you don't have to wait a lot of times people think oh when i get myself together then i'll come to the lord oh when i you know when i get finished with this or when i'm ready to stop doing this and it's like well how do you know you have that time that's why today is the day and so it doesn't matter when you hear this podcast, whether you get on the live today, whether you catch the replay in these next days, weeks, or if you catch the replay next year or whenever, today is the day. Always remember that when you decide to change your life, when you decide, you know, that you don't want to live the life you've been living no more. If you decide you want to pivot, you want to shift, you got some goals you want to accomplish. When you decide you want to change your lifestyle, when you decide you want to get healthier in your mind and in your spirit, right? When you want to get healthier in your physical body, today is the day. You don't have to wait to a particular time. So we want to talk about, you know, going forward to and walking in our new season, a newness of life. Because when you are a believer, you are walking a newness of life daily because the Bible says that God's mercies is new every morning. And I'm grateful for that because there are days where I know I just, if I'm honest, like I just dropped the ball. <laughs> I just dropped the ball, right? I just didn't do what I was supposed to do, right? Or I just got I got frustrated and I got in my emotions and I didn't speak faith and I was speaking in doubt and unbelief or, you know, I started questioning God and, you know, or maybe I just saw a situation or opposition to discourage me or, you know, maybe I'm just not feeling my greatest today and I'm a little depressed and stressed out or whatever. So some days I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hit the mark. Right. And so I'm grateful that his mercies are new every morning. That means to today I got new mercies. I can start again, start fresh, start, start anew. That is the, oh, that is such a great um, revelation to, to know and understand and having your heart to know that God's mercies is new every morning he's not like people he's not running out he's unlimited right he is a vast god he doesn't have no you know confines no barriers no, no hindrances he don't have no limits his mercies is new every morning and you don't have to qualify because it doesn't say his mercies is new every morning for those who get it right 
or his mercies is new every morning for those who, you know, are, are always faithful and, and never miss. He, he says his mercies are new every morning for who though? It's for the believer, right? That's the only qualification it to, and not necessarily because when you read the Bible, it says that he rains, make it rains on the just and the unjust. So that means that even people who may not be believers can still receive and benefit from the mercies of God. Because I know I, when I wasn't living my life, as a believer, I got saved and, and, and baptized and, you know, and, and I became a Christian or Christ follower as a child, but because I didn't have the foundation, the understanding, my family, they weren't believers. They didn't, you know, talk about God or even go to church or anything like that. I, I wasn't able to maintain, right? And, and the foundation wasn't able to be truly laid and built upon because I was not in the right environment. And so growing up, I just, I made a lot of choices and I went down a lot of paths. And in those moments, I was technically considered backslidden, right? I was a backslider. And so in that moment, you're you're disconnected from God. But how many of us know that even when we take our grip off God, he don't take our grip off us. And that's a reason to celebrate today for you to know, even if it's you, sister, even if it's you, if you in a backslidden state, today is the day, right? Today is the day of salvation. You always can come back. That's why I love the story of the prodigal son. And I love the part where it says, he came back to himself, right? He had to go on his journey and God and, and, and see God knows everything about us before he even formed us in our mother's womb. He know us. He know everything we're gonna do. He know our beginning from our end. So even though he knows that we're going to go astray, we're going to, you know, reject him, we're going to turn our back on him, we're gonna wanna go and do our own thing. He chose us anyway. And so with the prodigal son, I love that part that talks about that says he came back to himself and he remembered like, hey, even the servants in my father's house have, you know, a bed, they get good food, you know, they still live a good life. Here I am, the pig's pen amongst the, you know, the, the pigs eating slop, eating out of their, you know, eating out of their, out of their food, you know, and, and just being amongst these dirty, filthy pigs. When I can at least go back to my father's house where I'll be taken care of, where I know I'll have good food, where I know that I'll have shelter, where I'll know I'll have a place to sleep. That's how it is in the kingdom, right? I love that because it's a metaphor to the kingdom that even if you backslide, even if you decide to go astray, the father is waiting just like the prodigal son's father was waiting when he got word that his son was coming home and his son was still afar off. He began to make preparations for his son to return. He told them to go get the fattest calf and slaughter it and begin to prepare a celebration and a feast because my son is coming back home. That's how God feels about each and every one of us. Even if we go astray, even if we are in a backslidden state, even if we never knew him, he is always ready to receive you with open arms. He's not concerned about the filth because you got to recognize that the prodigal son, it doesn't say he was able to get himself cleaned up oh my god here we go holy spirit thank you it never said that he was able because you got to imagine he had been in there with the pigs he had been in a pig pen pigs i mean i don't care if you eat pork you don't eat pork whatever you think how you feel about it 
Pigs in and of themselves as an animal, they're disgusting. They'll eat their own feces. They eat anything. You know, they're, they're in mud a lot of times. It's dirty, filthy, nasty, stinky, right? You go to a farm and it's pigs. You can see it for yourself. So nothing about being in a pig pen. And then also with him being Jewish, they for certainly had nothing to do. That was considered an unclean animal. And so they had absolutely nothing to do. He had no, he should not have been anywhere near pigs, let alone living in the pit, living amongst them, eating with them, sleeping with them. That means he had begun to be acclimated to the culture of pigs. Yet he came to himself because that, oh, that's so good to me because that's how it is when we backslide. We, we forget, you know, the things that we come from. We might forget the foundation. We might forget the principles. We might forget the truth and we go do our thing. We get into the world. We all indulging in all kinds of sinful acts. We're living whatever lifestyle. Sometimes it's just fun. Like I tell people often because a lot of people who know me now, it's far-fetched to them to really know the type of lifestyle I used to live and what the Lord has really done for me and what he's brought me out of. Like I was up in there with the pigs, okay? I was out here living that life. I was in the pig's pen. I was made my bed with the pigs. I was slopping with the pigs. I was eating with the pigs. I was living a whole sinner's lifestyle, okay? I was doing whatever it is I wanted to do. And it was fun. It felt good. We was hanging out, going out, drinking um, all the time till we get drunk, blacking out. Don't remember how I got home. You know, I was smoking weed, getting high, you know, just, you know, smoking, like smoking every day, all day to the point that if I didn't smoke, I couldn't even eat. I didn't have an appetite. You know, I was hanging with my girls and we was out here in these streets. We was in the stores, boosting, stealing clothes, you know, selling them and, and staying fresh. And, you know, we was just hanging. We was hanging out. We was messing with different guys. We was out here doing our thing, living life. And in that moment, it seemed fun. Come on, somebody. Let's and see. The thing about it is the reason why more people are impacted, are not impacted by the gospel is because too many of us want to water down our testimony. We are still holding on to guilt and shame. We still, for some reason, feel like that we can't be honest. That means you're not free. That means God has not liberated you totally. You have not allowed the Lord and the blood of Jesus to wash you and to cleanse you and to sanctify you and to qualify you and justify you because you still think that you got to hide a part of who you were when the Bible says old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. So we don't live in that old place, but we also know that in Romans I mean, excuse me, Revelations, I think 12 and 11, um, I, Revelations, it tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Amen. So the blood of Jesus, we overcome because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. The blood of Jesus um, shed on Calvary for you and me to cover uh, whatever the sin is in our life, that his blood, we overcome number one, because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus. Number two, we overcome by the word of our testimony. So that means I don't live in in that old place no more because that girl dead that lifestyle is dead i don't live in that but i gotta testify about it because there may be one woman there may be one little girl there may be one teenager there may be somebody that needs to hear my testimony because maybe they're thinking about going down that path or maybe they're on that path right now and they need to understand that there is hope and that there is a god that loves them so much that he will leave the 99 he will go get the one he will come get you out the pig's pen 
He will clean you up and he'll make you new. Somebody needs to see that. And so if I if I allow shame to shut my mouth, then I'm not living out the word of God. I'm not overcoming and I'm not helping other people overcome by the blood of the lamb because it's not Janelle. It is the blood that has saved me, that the blood that was shed for me, the blood that became the atonement for me, that paid for my sin, all of that stuff that I was doing, the things that I just named right now for y'all a few moments ago and even the things that I ain't even said things that only the Lord know that I did the horrible things I was out here okay I was in these streets I was amongst the drug dealers I seen people you know um get get beaten you know pistol whip I didn't had a friend one two of my girls got shot one of my girl got shot five times after we was at the club and she was at the after hours and I just happened to leave and go home and then I get a phone call while I'm laying in the bed like she been shot and they talk about she ain't gonna make it because she was shot five times in the abdomen. I, I, I didn't, I was in these streets. Okay. I didn't have boyfriend after boyfriend that was selling drugs and, you know, out here getting a bag and getting a pack and cooking it up in the kitchen. Like these things that people hear in songs that some of these rappers be lying about these lifestyles they really ain't live like i was living that in real life i was a trap queen you know i was that's what i did those are the type of men that i was attracted to those are the type of men that i saw in my family that was normal to me so it was nothing for me to be riding me and my me and my boyfriend in the car and he running and getting and, and he um he, and he and he uh doing his plays you know and if you don't know anything about that you know he going out there and he's selling drugs to people they calling him and he going to you know and he going to serve them it was nothing for me to be along in the car with him it was nothing for me to be in the car with you know or be in the house and there'd be guns it was nothing for me for to have a friend and he didn't got robbed because you know he out here he getting money it was nothing like that's what i was living that's what i was doing it was nothing for me to you know be liking this dude and and you know kicking it with him and then you you know this other guy over here he i think he cute too and i'll kick it with him too that was nothing for me that's what the type of life that i was living i was out here me and my friends we was doing it and it seemed fun in the moment it seemed fun to be out you know going to the store stealing having to run because the police and seen us and we gotta run and we gotta hide our bags and you know we gotta you know go herb and get in the car and leave out on three wheels that seemed fun it seemed fun to be caught when i got caught the first time stealing and really the police tell me to go ahead and tell them who the girls is i was with because they didn't want me and I, I'm living by the street code, and I'm like, no, we don't snitch. So I took, so I took it. You know what I'm saying? I stood ten toes down, and I took the charge. Why? Because in a moment, it was like you live in the street life. You live by the street code. You do what you gotta do. But a lot of people don't know that, and wouldn't think that about me today because of the transformative blood of Jesus, and because how the Lord has taken my life and He has made it new. And old things have passed away, and I'm not that same person. And I don't want to do those same things, and I don't have those same desires. But if I don't tell someone that that it was what that was my reality that i really did those things that i really had to go and sit in a jail cell that i really you know what I'm saying? if i don't tell people that 
If I don't tell people that I've been, you know, out here and I have a sexual past, you know, because I was out here living a lifestyle of promiscuity because I was having fun doing what I wanted to do. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places and validation and I just needed attention. So I sought the attention out of being under a man because it didn't matter to me how the attention came long as you was giving it to me, even if it was for a few moments. Right. If I don't tell somebody that somebody else can't get free who also is living that right so we got to be careful about allowing shame to stifle us and allowing shame to shut our mouths and paralyze us because now look at me today not that i'm perfect and not that i got it all together but i'm not where i want to be but i'm sure not where i used to be and even when i look at myself today i don't recognize this woman because I never thought when I was living deep down in my sin, when I was in darkness and I was doing all of those things, I never saw myself being the woman that I am today. I never saw myself being able to be free from the bondage of, of sexual um, immorality and fornication and smoking weed and alcohol and being out here in these streets and doing all the things I was doing. I never seen myself coming out of that. I never seen myself being worthy of love and worthy of being valued and you know i never see myself being abstinent not even because i really just enjoyed sex all like that because truth be told i didn't i didn't have sex the, the way i did and when i did because i just enjoyed it because most times i did not i had sex because i was told that's what you're supposed to do I was told that when well, you like a boy or you want to be with a boy, that's what you do. And I see so many women go before me who were doing the exact same thing, whether they were in my family, whether they were in my community or in my friends. I seen it. It was just a normal lifestyle. So I did it just because it, it really was more just like uh, uh, just doing like a, a daily activity, you know, like just a little, just a mundane routine. Like it didn't really have no emotion to it or no significance to it for me. Not really feeling here and there when I really liked the guy, it did. But for the most part, it, it was like I was numb. I was numb to it. I just did it. You know, it was, it was just a part of what I felt like it, you did when you was just living the type of lifestyle I was living. But if I don't tell somebody that I came from that to be an abstinence here now over four years and don't have no desire and honoring God with my life and my body and having joy and being happy and being fulfilled and feeling good when I go to bed at night because I'm not worried about where no Negro is, what he doing, who he with. I'm not stressed out. I'm not depressed. I'm not feeling like um, I'm just being just a disregarded or mistreated because this guy is out here doing this that, and the third or I don't have this emotional link and soul tied to someone because I've given my body and my soul to them because I value who I am today regardless of what I did in my past. I can stand here confidently boldly and say that i am worthy and i believe it and not only do i believe it i live my life as such i don't settle i people there have been guys that try to talk to me try to pursue me whatever this year and some of them i gave a little bit of time but once i saw that hey you not what it is i know i need for my life i'm very clear on who i am my identity my purpose what god has called me to do and i'm very clear on the, the kind of man that i believe in my heart that that i need and so i'm quick to be like shut down 
shut it down show we're back in my past when i was in low self-esteem and you know when i didn't understand my worth and my value and i was broken I would just uh, continue on in it, even though it was not somebody I was attracted to, or even though it was not somebody who I really wanted to be with, I would settle just for anybody. But today I can stand firm and I can say that I know I got options, that I don't have to settle and I'm willing to wait on God's best and no longer just accept anything because I know I'm worth it. And so if I don't tell someone, if I don't tell another woman, if I don't tell another young girl about how I overcame and what the Lord has done for me, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the earth. Then God don't need me because I'm not fulfilling his will. I'm not bringing him glory. I'm not helping other women to come out or not go in to the lifestyle that almost took me out. Because there's many a times I was in crazy situations where I could have died, where I was in a relationship or was messing with, or in a situation with a guy, and we just came back from out of town. We just had got back from Alabama. And that night, he gets shot and he died. And I so happened, and we were together every single day, every single day from the day we met. And I'm not exaggerating. From the day we met, we were together every single day. I was in college. He would come pick me up when I got out of school. He would um always just take me places and we would hang out and do fun things. And then he asked me to go out of town with him. We went out of town. We had a good time. I met his family. You know, we was just having a good time. And I had no idea that we was going to come back from having this good time and out of town to him being murdered. I live that. There's several guys that I dated in my past that are not alive right now. No exaggeration. There are several situations that just so happened. I just, mm, something in me told me not to go. Something in me told mm, and I couldn't even explain it then because I was living a lifestyle of sin. I was a backslider. Like I said, I wasn't living, really living for, living a lifestyle as a believer and living, you know, a holy lifestyle. Absolutely, I wasn't. Yes, I would go to church. Yes, that's one thing I did do. I was committed to going to church, but it was just, it was not, it was nothing more than like me going to the store. Really, I really wasn't doing nothing with it. I was just doing it to check it off the list because it was just a routine right it was religion i wasn't really being transformed and changed and really being you know present and receiving the word i was doing what i had to do and then when i left church i more than likely was about to go get high that's the reality of it that's the life i was living and so there were many times the Lord, and that's why I said earlier, he'll make it rain on the just and the unjust because there are probably times in your life or someone, you know, life where they just had a feeling something told them, mm, don't do that. Mm, don't go there. Many a times I would have that. And then I would listen to it. And next thing you know, I get a phone call, find out the girls that I was hanging with at the time when we used to go out and be boosting, going to the stores. They would be the went to a store somewhere else, got caught, all was in jail, all caught felonies. When I was out there and I got caught, two, the two times I got caught, I only had misdemeanors. And because I had never been in trouble, um, it just really the favor of God. Come on, I don't never want to rob God of his glory, but because of the favor of God, I, those things was able to be expunged for me. They were able to be expunged. They was able to, you know, taken off my record. 
but that's just the favor of God. And favor is not fair, but God's favor and his mercies are new every morning. And if you tap into him and you really believe and you really decide that you want to be changed and you don't want to live that life no more, I don't care what you're doing, sis. Trust me, there are so many things I have done. You could, it will blow your mind. But it came a point in time where enough was enough and I was tired and I did not want to live that life no more because I saw it was taking me nowhere fast. It was taking me darker and darker into a pit that I knew if I continued on, I wasn't going to find my way out of because I've seen it too many times. People stuck in that place. I know people still to this day. I was living this lifestyle. I'm 40 now. You t I, was, I started living this lifestyle when I was probably like 20. So you're talking about 20 years ago. And I know people right now that I was doing that 20 years ago with, and they're still doing it today. And that don't have to be you. I don't even know how the Holy Spirit got us on here, but nevertheless, today is the day, right? And so when we, when I talk about the wins for this year, right? One of the wins that I, that I really had that I really am about to celebrate because it's so important for us to celebrate our wins. Um, I was just sitting with a group of entrepreneurs, a group of ladies yesterday um, at this meeting. And one of the things that um, one of the women spoke about was celebrating ourselves as women and celebrating our wins, whether they're small wins, whether they're big wins, it shouldn't matter. But just celebrating yourself and celebrating yourself don't have to be this big extravagant thing, right? It could just be you going out and, you know, just having a nice dinner. It could just be you, you know, buying yourself something really nice. It could be you going, you know, and just going to the spa, whatever it is for you, whatever that looks like for you. It could be you just taking time, getting a babysitter and get, having some me time. Come on now. How many of us mothers, especially the single mothers, know the value of me time? Because sometimes you just don't get that that much when you are a mother and you you know you're a single mother you know because your life is 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 constantly revolving around your children which is okay but having me time is is as important as it is as being a present mother because how can you continue to be a healthy present mother if you don't take care of your personal needs amen so celebrate yourself sis so one of the things that i really have realized here in the latter part of this year that i that, that it's a win for me is being unapologetically me. I think so many times in life, I, I can speak for myself and as a woman, you feel like you got to fit a mold, right? You feel like you got to look a certain way. You got to act a certain way, right? You got to, you know, be a certain way, but God created you uniquely and wonderfully made, right? You are fearfully and wonderfully made, but you are unique. He broke the mold when he made you. And just like when it came to people like Jacob, right? We all, if you know anything and you study the Bible and you study out words and names and understand how important meaning to things are in the um, original languages, when Jacob's name is he supplanter or trickster, you know, or deceiver, it, and that spoke to his character before he had an encounter with the Lord. Okay, come on now he was a supplanter he was a trickster he tricked his he, he deceived his brother out of the birthright um he deceived his brother out of the blessing with the um you know assistance of his mother right but he was a deceiver however 
God still chose him to, to be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he still is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So even with Jacob's past, even with his history, even with his, his character of being a, a deceiver, there was one thing that Jacob had that God needed him to have, and he didn't want that to be taken out. And he had what they call in the Hebrew, chutzpah. Or he had grit, right? He had wherewithal. You know, he was willing to do what it take to whatever to do whatever whatever it is he needed to do. He was willing. He had, you know, what you can also call like relentlessness. He he was driven. He was ambitious. He was willing, right? God can use a moving vessel. God can use somebody who is committed. Sometimes what you're committed to and sometimes your ambitions can be in the wrong thing or directed in the wrong way. But that same grit, that same ambition, that same wherewithal, that same relentlessness, God needs that. And so he'll take that and he'll just adjust it and refine it and use it for his glory. And that's exactly what he did for Jacob. So yes, Jacob had to get his identity changed. Yes, he had to get a new name because that represents newness of life. When he had his encounter with the Lord, when he was wrestling with the angel and the angel, you know, was had to hit hit him in his in his um hip, you know, to dislocate his hip a little bit just to get him to like relax because that's how much grit, that's how much wherewithal, that's how much determination, that's how much fight was in Jacob that he wrestling with the angel all night and the angel like, listen here, bro, I ain't here to wrestle with you forever. Like I gotta do something here because I see I see you won't let up. Do you have that kind of faith? Do you have that kind of grit? Do you have that kind of wherewithal? thought do you have that kind of belief that you're gonna be like jacob and you're gonna say i'm not gonna let you go until you bless me and he was committed to that are you that committed and see god can use that and even though he was might have been committed and you know deceiving and supplanting God said, no, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to dislocate your, your, your hip because I need you to realize that it's that you, you can't fight against me. You can't continue to come against me. You got to allow me to be God. And so he didn't totally immobilize him. He just needed him to to stop and take a moment so he can receive the blessing because Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he going to say, well, what, what do you want? You know, like your name. And then that's when he goes to changing his name from Jacob to Israel. That's why it's interchangeable in the word of God. When you hear about, they're talking about the house of Jacob or the house of Israel. They're talking about him because he's the father. He's the fourth. He's uh, the father of the, of the 12 tribes of Israel, but he was so committed to what it is. He wanted in the moment that he was willing to go however long it took until the angel of the Lord had to dislocate his hip. And then that's when he received his identity change and the newness of life. And he received the blessing, right? And the Lord began to, uh, to, to, to reveal more of his identity and his purpose. And so we think that God needs to change everything about us and he doesn't. Like you might be a little hood. Okay, God might need you to be a little hood. Like, yes, you may live holy. Yes, you may be, you know, saved, sanctified, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Yes, you're all of those things, but he still might need you to have that chutzpah. He might need you to have be that little hood part about you because he might call you to the world. And see, when you go to the world, they're going to need to be able to identify you. They're going to be 
identify with you, excuse me. They gonna be needing to be able to relate with you. So he may not take that away. He might refine it. He might clean it up, but he gonna leave it there because that's the thing he needs so you can go make impact. So what I had to come to the realization about is being unapologetically me. I don't feel like I got to be like nobody else. I don't got to look like nobody else. I'm comfortable with me. I know I'm not, you know, the traditional, you know, woman of God or maybe woman that the, that people think a lot of times people in the church, they're so religious and they have this, this whole, you know, idea in their mind of what a person has to look like or be like or talk like or sound like to be used by the Lord. And that's not how the Lord that's not how he flow because when you read um i was just reading the um the book of john earlier the fourth chapter and that's the story of the samaritan woman and that's a it's a beautiful story and i've read that story so many times and but today i read it again and when i read it again i got different revelation and one thing i kept asking the lord when i read it because she, you know, when the Lord encountered her, she came to draw water. He was there because he was on his way somewhere and he just was going. And, and that Samaria was in between where he was to where he was going. And so he stopped there because he was tired. It was, you know, if you know anything, think about that region. It's desert. It's hot. The sun is blazing. It ain't shade. You walking most of the time, long journeys. You know, they ain't had cars. They weren't always on like donkeys and different things like that a lot of times their journeys were by foot so it took long periods of time could you imagine having to walk from one city to the next no why because we have a luxury of living in today's world where we have cars and vehicles and things of that nature however he was on his way to a place he was leaving a place and on his way to a place and he stopped in a place because that's what god do he might be on his way from somewhere and he might be going to somebody else's house but he'll stop at your house on the way come on now i hope somebody catch that he might be leaving somebody else's house he might have blessed them or he had the minister or he had the heal or he had the liver over there and he might be on his way to somebody else's house and they may need a thing but that don't mean he won't stop at your house in between right that won't mean he that don't mean he won't stop at your house on the way and see jesus he was always on a mission and not on his own mission but he was always on the mission from the lord whatever the father told him to do that's what he did so all of his steps were ordered and they were intentional he did nothing by haphazardness he did nothing by coincidence everything was orchestrated right and so he meets this Samaritan woman at the well. He just happened to be at the well at the same time she happened to be at the well because that's how the Lord is. He will just pull up in your driveway at the very moment that you don't even know you need an encounter. You might not even be thinking about an encounter. That woman was on her way to draw water, which is something she probably did all the time. Just like you might come across this podcast. Maybe you listen to podcasts all the time. Maybe you listen to this podcast all the time. But today is maybe the day that the Lord said he wants to stop at your house. And see, she didn't know that that was going that time that she went to do the very thing that she did all the time. That was customary to do in that time, right? She didn't know that that time was going to be the time that changed her life. That's why it's so important to be faithful. It's so important to be faithful where you are. Even if you are serving in the church, even if you are a Christian, you are a believer, even if you're a new babe, a new Christian, you know, whatever it is that you know the Lord has told you to do, whatever that your assignment is, right? whatever your position is, stay, stay faithful because you never know when the Lord is going to show up and it's going to change your life. She was doing everything that she always did, going to draw water, and she met Jesus. And in this conversation, in this um 
encounter is so interesting because she was a Samaritan woman, right? And the Samaritan woman, they were despised by the Jews. They were looked down upon because they were unclean to the Jews because they had intermarried and intermixed with the Gentiles, which is what they were forbidden to do in the Old Testament. The Lord told the children of Israel, do not intermarry with the pagan nations around you. Don't intermarry. Don't intermix with them. Don't have children with them. Don't marry them. Don't, you know, don't, don't be indoctrinated and conform to their culture. Don't pick up their ways. Like you are supposed to stay separated, but for whatever, you know, the history and the reason why the, the people, the Jews in Samaria, Samaria, because they were Jews. However, they were what we would call mixed breeds or interracial, right? And because he got, you know, God likes things that are pure, but because the gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile, God said, you know what? You're not going to be disqualified because of the mistakes that you made. You're not going to be disqualified because of, you know, the lifestyle that you, um, that you indulged in, or because you have did some kind of thing that, that would have disqualified you. He said, now I'm going to allow you to be grafted in. Right. And so this woman, he, Jesus being a Jew, you know, him being a pure Jew, he shouldn't have even been having no type of conversation and any type of, um, com you know, communication with her. And especially because she was a woman, because that wasn't customary either, because just in their culture, this, the, the way they viewed, you know, the different, um, the roles in culture was just very different. And so him talking to a woman, period, one-on-one -on -one, was already against the norm. But him talking to a Samaritan woman was absolutely against the norm. So I want you to know, it don't matter your religious background. It don't matter your educational background. It don't matter your social economic background. It don't matter your financial background. It don't matter. Jesus, he breaks the norms, right? He breaks the societal norms. He doesn't care. The salvation is for you. The blood of Jesus is for you, right? It doesn't matter. He came and he already abolished all that when he died on the cross, right? And when he went and ascended um, um, back to the right hand of the Father, he already abolished all that. Now salvation is free. It's for all. The free gift of salvation is for anybody who will receive it. And so she had this encounter with Jesus. He began to talk to her and he began to ask her to, to give him a drink. And she like, what are you doing? Even at, even conversation, conversating with me. Like, why are you even talking to me? I'm a Samaritan woman. You're a Jew. Like automatically. Oh, my God. Automatically. She allowed the the label you know, of who, you know, society says she was or the label of her, of her past or the label of her current circumstance disqualify her. She tried to disqualify herself because of who she thinks she is. And he, he knew who she was. And he like, well, if you knew the gift that was in front of you, you would be asking me the gift of God. He said, if you knew the gift of God that's in front of you, you would be asking me for a drink of the living water and you will never thirst again. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. You guys go, I encourage you and go read the story of the Samaritan woman that's um, in the book of John. Um, that's in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's in the gospel of John and um, the fourth chapter. But uh, um, he was like, you know, he tell her that and she's like, 
what are you talking about? Like, you don't even have a bucket and the well is really deep. Like, how are you about to give me a drink of some water? You know, she's thinking of it in natural sense. You know, she's looking at it in the flesh. And that's another thing we may do to disqualify ourselves. When the Lord begins to speak to us in the spirit, he might begin to speak to you and give you identity and tell you who you are, or tell you your gifts or tell you your purpose. And you might be looking at him like Gideon and be like, who? Like, I'm the weakest in my clan. My family is the weak. You know, I'm the youngest in my family or my clan is the weakest you begin to look at your circumstances your current circumstances but the lord is speaking to you from how he sees you and what he put in you and so she began to be like how like what like you know this don't make no sense and then you know they continue on in this um in this exchange in this conversation and he was able to speak to her in a way that she was like you know what give me some of this living water you're talking about Right. Give me some of this water that you living water you're talking about. So you don't so I don't thirst no and got to come back here. I don't thirst no more and got to come back here. And it's interesting that she said, because again, going to a going to the well and drawing water, especially for women, that was very customary. That was a common, you know, um, responsibility for women at certain times of the day. They went to draw the water for the for the household. And for whatever reason, she didn't want to have to go back there and she didn't want to have to thirst no more. And so he he's like, okay, well, go call your husband and and, and come back. And I'm like, and I kept asking the Lord why well, I wrote, read that today. And I'm like, Lord, how is it that you, she finally gets to the place. She received the message. Come on now. She received it. She's like, okay, fine. Give me some of this living water that you're talking about. I want some of this. I don't want to thirst no more. I don't want to have to come back here and have to draw water no more. How did that go from that to, okay, we'll go call your husband? Because prior to that, no husband had ever been mentioned in this conversation. And so she says, well, I don't have a husband. And he says, you have answered correctly. Matter of fact, you've had five husbands and the one that the man you're with now isn't your husband. And I'm like, Lord, what does this have to do with her one in the living water basically representing the representing salvation right and as i was really meditating and studying it out it the revelation came to me is is that jesus wanted her to know that he knew exactly who she was he knew that she was a samaritan woman he knew her ugly past he and the interesting thing is it says you have five husbands and the man you're with now isn't your husband and so i said to myself lord why did you say and how could she have five husbands you know i'll be in my flesh sometime y'all gotta excuse me because i'm like lord i'm still waiting on a husband okay i still want one husband and only one but how this woman have five like did they all die did they all divorce her where they at is she a widow but the interesting thing is it doesn't in the text it doesn't say that you've been a widow five times it says you have had five husbands and so I'm like, what does that mean? And then it says, and the man you're with now isn't your husband. So I'm like, so the revelation I got was this woman, had, she had a, a sexual past 
right? She she either could have been a prostitute, she just could have been promiscuous, you know, she just could have been, you know, in just relationship after relationship because that's very relatable to us today. A lot of us women, we find ourselves jumping from one relationship to the next. We find ourselves being under a man, you know, and we find ourselves, you know, doing things with our body. You know, there are people who are prostitutes in today's time. There are people who, whether they're in um, forced into it, they, you know, they do it for themselves for whatever reason. But there's a lot of times that we make decisions as women for whatever reason. It's not always because you're like, oh, I just want to do this and be this. Sometimes life, right? And we make choices. And so what, what really um, identified with me is the fact that he knew her past. He knew who she was. He knew her sexual history, her sexual past. And he wanted her to know she knew. And he still chose her. He still was talking to her. He still was extending grace to her. He still was extending salvation to her. And so then um, eventually she's, you know, really like, wow, I see you're a prophet. And he, you know, and they go on with this exchange and, you know, she has this encounter with him. It changes her life. She goes back to the town and tells all the men, all the people in the town, and they come and they go back to the well and they meet Jesus for themselves and they have an encounter. And so immediately she turns into an evangelist, right? And I think that's so amazing because that is what God is still doing today. He is still using people. He's still using people who was broken, who was messed up, who made some mistakes, who have an ugly past, you know, who, you know, did all these things because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But your past does not define you and your past does not disqualify you from the calling on your life. That woman had a calling on her life. Yes, she was a Gentile technically because she, you know, had intermarried or intermixed with the Gentiles. She was, you know from the, uh, Samaria, she was a Samaritan. Yes, she had a sexual history where, you know, she had been with many men. That, that's the moral of the story. She'd been with many men, whether they were her husbands, whether the, obviously the one she was with currently wasn't, but he's like, listen, repent, stop what you're doing. I know all about that. And my blood covers that, but you are required for salvation. You are required to repent, which means you stop, you turn, you go back to God and you turn away from that thing. You turn away from that behavior. You turn away from that lifestyle. You turn away, you stop doing it. She had to repent, but he wanted her to know that I know all about you. But that is not going to disqualify you from the plans that I have for you. That's not going to disqualify you from receiving salvation. So I want you to know today that yes, I had to be like that Samaritan woman. Once I truly had an encounter with Jesus to realize who I am in him and not who I was, not what I did, but who I am in Christ Jesus. I had to become unapologetically me. And so now I can talk about it. Now I can, you know, without feeling guilty and shame, not feeling like someone's going to judge me, not feeling like, oh, I'm going to be disqualified some kind of way, or maybe a man um, is going to hear my podcast or get a win of my testimony and, and is not going to want to you know, date me or uh, pursue me because of my past. You know what? And if he don't, then he not the one. Come on now. That is what it is to be unapologetically you. Being content, being secure. I'm secure in who I am. I love me. 
And because I love me, I know I ain't got to settle for nobody's mess. I know I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to fit in a mold. I don't fit in a mold and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being different. These are wins because these things stifle us. They stifle us in our life. They stifle us in our purpose, right? We don't live out the life that God really truly had for us because we're too busy worrying about what everybody else going to think and what everybody else got to say and their opinions. Their opinions don't matter. Only God's opinion matter. So if I had to really sum up my 2022, the biggest win I have is being free from the opinions of people and being free to be unapologetically me and being free to tell my testimony and not be overwhelmed and overtaken with guilt and shame and condemnation because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what it tells us in Romans. And so I had to really come to the place where I'm like, I love me. I can look in the mirror and be like, I love me. And you might think like, oh, that might sound conceited. Oh, that might sound like, girl, mm, you might be um, a little puffed up or, you know, you might be, you know, put full of pride. No, ma'am. If you understand that there were many, many years of my life, I avoided a mirror. I didn't want to look in it because I was so disgusted and repulsed and ashamed of what I saw. I didn't, I would avoid a mirror. Now I'll be up in that mirror. I'll be looking. And I, even when I see little things, you know, little flaws and blemishes or, you know, little things, I still be like, girl, you fine. Girl, you beautiful. Because I don't, I'm not going to wait on nobody else to tell me I'm beautiful. I'm going to tell myself I'm beautiful because I'm made in the image of God. And if I'm made in the image of God, I know he's beautiful. I know he's wonderful. I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm wonderful. So I tell myself and I don't wait on nobody else. And I like to look beautiful every day. So yes, I'm the type of person, I never thought I would be this. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I wear very minimal. My makeup routine probably is five, 10 minutes at best because I don't have the time. I'm not going to make the time to get up an hour early just to do all these different layers and, and, and routines of makeup. However, I found what works for me. That's all a part of finding your identity and being very content in your identity and who you are. Find what works to, for you and own it. You don't have to look like somebody else. You don't have to sound like somebody else. You don't have to be like somebody else. Be unapologetically you. God can use you the greatest when you be you because he created you. He created you like that. He created, and the things that he feels is not necessary for your purpose or for you to walk in your destiny. He will, he will transform you. He will sanctify you. He will purify you. He'll remove that. But don't worry about the things about yourself that you feel like, mm, I might be a little bit too, you know, I might be a little too hood or maybe I like to wear makeup too much or maybe I like, you know, to look beautiful all the time. Or Maybe that's what God needs you to have. Maybe he wants you to be like that because the tribe, the people that he called you to are going to be able to relate to you. Amen. So don't shrink back. Don't be ashamed. Like even with my ministry, even with this podcast, like it took so long for me to get comfortable with a podcast called Purity After Promiscuity. Because I'm like, Lord, really? What? I don't even make no. Why would you do that to me? You know, like, and it's so funny because my sexual history and, and what happened to me as a child being molested and being raped as an adult and going through all the things that I've gone through and just having this past that I was so ashamed of, 
so embarrassed of that was just literally tormenting and torturing me for the majority of my life is the very thing that the Lord like, mm -mm, nope. We're, we're going to deal with this. I'm going to heal you from it. I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to let you know that you're still worthy, that you're still qualified. You're still justified. I'm still going to use you. Matter of fact, those things that you're so embarrassed about, those things that you're so concerned about that people are going to judge you and criticize you is the very thing that I'm going to use to bring me glory. And so now I can be confident on this podcast and I can talk about my sexual history or I can talk about whatever the Lord want me to talk about it and I do it and I have no shame and I'm free. So that's my second win for 2022, being free, free from my past, free and free from the opinions of people, free from guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is like a prison. It literally keeps you bound. Like you always afraid looking over your shoulder. I know because I lived it. I was always concerned every time I would meet a guy and we start talking and we and I would like him. The thing that would literally I would be so tormented and torture and so afraid every little thing every time he called me or every time he didn't answer the phone or every time he didn't respond back with a text it was my mind always went to oh my gosh what if he found out what if he know what if somebody tell him what if this what if that what if this and i lived in this cycle this vicious cycle of torment for years because i was so ashamed but the lord is like this like he told the samaritan woman he's like listen you still have a place you still have a purpose god still has a plan for you even with all that and he's going to take the mess and he's going to turn it into a message he's going to give you a test a testimony that's so powerful that only you're going to be able to impact those people you're called to other people may have a testimony other people may have went through something similar other people may have went down a similar path but ain't nobody go through it like you and you're called to a particular people because there's a a particular women group who can identify and who can relate to my story. So if I allow the enemy to keep my mouth shut about my story, how many women are not going to get free? How many women are not going to be healed? How many women are not going to be restored? How many women are not going to see the, the transformative love of Jesus Christ for themselves to know that if he did it for me, he'll do it for them. So now it's not, it's not about me anymore. It's about all the young girls or all the women that is needing me to speak out so they can get their freedom too. So they can be healed too. And they can walk in purpose because we're, we're stronger together because one could put a thousand to flight, but two could put 10,000. So when you begin to truly accept who you are in Christ Jesus, and accept the things you can't change. I can't change my past. All I do is have control over my now and my future. And so what I, the life I live now is a lifestyle of holiness. The lifestyle I live now is accord is more according to the word of God. And I'm constantly being sanctified daily to be become more and more like Christ and I'm not perfect but I know I know that the lifestyle that I live today is pleasing unto God. I have peace when I go to sleep. I'm not worried. I don't I don't have no shame. I don't have no guilt. I walk with my head head held high. I walk into a room. I I know I'm confident, right? I'm not worried. If somebody bring up my past, oh well. Okay? And the blood covers that. Now what? Because I'm not that old has passed away. That's gone. And so when you really get that revelation, that's the biggest win. 
And so those are two wins that I have for 2022. I hope that you can look over your 2022 and find some wins in your in your year and 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 celebrate yourself. Celebrate them wins, sis. Celebrate them wins, bro. Like if you overcame something, if you got free from something, if you got healed, it's not a win. Don't always have to be, you know, you got a promotion, you got the job, you got the house, you got marriage, you had a baby. You know, th th those are beautiful things as well. But sometimes the win is I'm just healed. Sometimes the win is I'm just free. I got peace. Do you know how valuable peace is? You don't even know how valuable peace is until you realize you ain't had it. When you've been living in chaos for so long and you finally get delivered from that and you walk into a, to peace, you're like, oh, no, there's no way. I can't go back to that life of chaos. My peace is too valuable. I love having peace. Yes, I have been single for quite a while. Yes, I've been abstinence for, like I said, over four years. And you know what? I have so much peace because I don't deal with all of the nonsense that I dealt with when I was out here in relationship after relationship, man after man, you know, talking to this person, talking to that person. I don't deal with lies. I don't deal with all of that tomfoolery. I don't deal with the cheating. I don't deal with worrying about where they at, why they ain't answering the phone, who they with. I listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. I be up in this place and I be sleeping good, okay? And I don't think nothing about that. And I ain't in a rush. I desire marriage. I desire to be, to have that partnership. I desire to date, all that. But I'm not pressed. Why? Because I'm free. I'm whole. I'm healed. I'm happy with myself. I'm continually growing, maturing. I'm loving uh, my family, my sons, my children, right? I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm walking in purpose. And I'm, what, I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. So I am fulfilled. I don't need a man to fulfill me. He a bonus. And this is why I know I don't got to settle. This is how I can say no. This is how I can tell somebody, mm, you ain't the one for me. This is how I can end something. Even if, like I said, there were guys that tried to pursue me this year or whatever. And once I saw like, mm, saw the red flags, come on, we got to stop being a collector of red flags. The first red flag should need to be enough. We don't need to collect them. Listen, if you see one red flag, there are going to be others. You don't need to collect two and three and four and 10 to figure that out. Trust, believe people. When you people show you who they are, believe them and be okay with that. Yeah, he might be fine. He might have some money. He might be this, that, and the other. But if he ain't the man for you, if he ain't going to treat you right, if he ain't going to love you right, if he going to disrespect you, if he going to talk down to you, if he going to drag you through the mud, whatever the case may be, he going to emotionally abuse you, whatever that case may be, it ain't worth it. Let him go. Let him be get healed. Let him get free. He may not never. And if he do, maybe he do it and then maybe who knows when from now. But you keep going. You trust and believe that when God send you a man, he going to be fully ready. He going to be complete. He ain't going to be lacking nothing. He ain't going to be perfect, but he for dang sure going to be exactly what you need. And you don't have to rush it. You can focus on you. Focus on your life. Focus on your healing. Focus on becoming whole. Focus on your purpose. Focus on your relationship with the Lord. Get busy. You know, start doing things with yourself. That's another thing, you know, um, in 2022 that I really had to just um, take hold of is staying busy and not busy just doing like busy work, but being productive. 
doing things that are fruitful, doing the things that I know that the Lord told me to do, you know, accomplishing my goals, fulfilling the assignment on my life, you know, doing the things that I have in my heart to do, right? Living the life that I want to live as a single woman and, and being absolutely okay with that, going to travel, going on vacation, having new experiences, just doing th new things, not being afraid to go and do things by myself. If I don't have a friend or a girl to go with or whatever, that I can be okay being alone, right? Be okay with being alone. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. You ain't never alone because Jesus, because the Lord is always with you. He is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He's always there. And even when we don't feel him, he's there. You know, sometimes I feel like I don't sense him, but I know he's there. Why? Because I know he's omniscient. And so don't be afraid to be alone. Don't be afraid of just taking time with yourself. Date yourself. I date myself a lot. I take myself shopping. I go and do my favorite things. I like coffee. I like, well, not coffee, but a chai tea and I like a muffin. I go get that often. You know, I like to look beautiful. I like to look nice. I like to go places and I do these things. I do these things. I do these things because it's what makes me happy. I don't mind because if I expect somebody else, if I want to go out and, you know, go on vacation or go somewhere and do something, I do, I take myself. Because before I can expect somebody else to come into my life to do all these things for me, I got to do it for myself. And I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait. And so these are some of the things that are my wins for 2022. Um, one discovery, because um, I want to end the podcast. I don't want it to be too long. But one discovery, again, I don't believe in losses, um, even though sometimes we do feel like we take L's. But everything is a discovery, right? And if you're able to pull something out of it, you've discovered something. And so I discovered that I'm not as good with finances as I thought. Who knew? <laughs> um, I just really... The skills of budgeting is something that I really got to, you know, do be more intentional to work on. Right. I just I've never budgeted before. And if I'm honest, I didn't come from a, a, a household or from a community or from around people who budgeted, who taught me how to budget, who gave me understanding about budgeting. So for me, this is just something that I never knew or never had or never did because it wasn't nothing I was ever exposed to. Right. And so um, when you get in abundance of money or abundance of resources if you lack the uh, the knowledge or lack the skills to manage it or budget it you will find that you're going to just squander it and you're going to go through it and you're not going to re really know what happened to it and that has been some of the experiences i've had this year unfortunately and so at first before my coach you know i have a coach um and he the one who really changed my perspective because i used to always say losses and he was like no discoveries what did you discover in that right and so i had to discover that oh I need to really maybe take some classes or I need to take a course or I need to get around other people who are very good at budgeting so I can learn, so I can get the skill, right? Because the Bible says you do well with little, he'll make you rule over much. But trust and believe, if he give you much and you don't know how to manage it, then you're just going to lose much. And so for me, I discovered that that's not something that I'm just going to know how to do because I've never done it. I'm going to have to put some intentionality behind it, right? I'm going to have to put some effort and I'm sure God is going to meet me there, but I got to put one foot in front of the other. I got to make, you know, I got to actually take a step toward learning, right? And, and, and changing 
and, and and implementing this this part of my life that I never had before. I got to start learning how to budget. I just do. You know, every successful person, every person, like if you desire to be successful or if you are successful, if you're wealthy or if you have an abundance, like every most people who are having that kind of lifestyle, they budget their money. They know where their finances is going or they have people to do it for them, but they are very... Um, you know, intentional to manage what they have. And that's how you can multiply or you can lose it. And so it's important. And I just want to put that out there for anybody because it don't matter if you have millions or if you have thousands, you still want to know how to manage it. You'll be surprised. I've heard story after story of people that be, you know, was making, you know, a lot of money. They were just having like regular jobs or minimum wage or whatever, but because they knew how to budget, they were able to save money. They were able to do all these things that most people who probably make way more to them can't do because just simply because they know how to budget and they know how to save. So budgeting and, and saving are two of the biggest um, discoveries that I have for 2022. So I hope this helps someone. Hey, Terry, I see you on here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is the season finale for season three. Um, I will be um, taking some time off to revamp and just get before God and hear what's the direction for season four. You always can feel free to listen to some other episodes um, or connect with me. You can leave comments here on this platform. I always leave my contact information in the um, description when I publish the podcast. So feel free to connect with me reach out to me um, if you feel led to. I do want to make sure that I offer people because we talked about um, salvation earlier a lot and just how it's just today is the day. And today is the day of salvation, right? You don't want to wait. You don't want to put it off because Christ is coming. Jesus is returning. We don't know the day or the hour. We do know he was. He is coming as a thief in the night. So we don't want to always assume we'll have time. And so it tells us in Romans, um, I believe 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess um, with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe with your heart, um, you shall be saved. And so confession is you saying it outwardly because we're spirit speaking beings. And what you speak, what you decree, it shall be established. And in your heart, right? So it's a two-part. It's out your mouth, but it's in your heart, meaning you can say it and not believe it in your heart. So that makes the difference. When you say it out your mouth, you really want to believe it in your heart. You really want to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he came down in the form of man. He was crucified and he rose again on the third day. You really want to believe that in your heart. And the Bible says you will be saved. Also in Acts 2, it mentions about being baptized with water for the remissions of sin. That is symbolic of the new birth, being reborn. And when you be washed with the water, it, symbol, it, it, it um, symbolize, symbolizes, you know, you being washed of the old, washed like the Bible says, old things pass away. And all things become new. So when you go down, you're the old person. But when you come up, you're the new person. And all that stuff, all that sin and all that lifestyle that you live is washed away in that water. And now you're a new, you're a new person. You're, um, you have newness of life. So that's also a part of receiving salvation and being baptized with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. That is the power of God, that he is the comforter. He is our helper. He is how we are able to live this life and just truly uh, live according to the standards and principles in the word of God because we can't do it in our flesh. It is 
totally um, not natural for our in our flesh to live a lifestyle of holiness, live a lifestyle of self-control, to show love, to show forgiveness. You know, all the things that we do as believers, we need the, the, the Holy Spirit, which is the gift that the Lord has given us to help us to walk this journey out here in the earth. So I would highly um, recommend that um, if you are not part of a um, Bible teaching um, church that you will find one in your local community get a part get involved do not forsake the assembling of yourself finding um other fellow believers it really helps along in this journey because this journey can bring uh can bring with it you know you can encounter hardships there will be trial and tribulation you know there will be storms and so having people who you can walk with and have who can hold you up and pray for you and you know and and be there with you like the bible says iron sharpens iron you want those friends that can sharpen you you want those people that you can do life with amen so please get involved get connected to get in a community um again if you want to receive jesus christ you can just go ahead and um you can confess with your mouth jesus christ is lord and believe it in your heart i can't stress that enough truly believe it and then you will be saved and please um as the holy spirit um well as you're led see if you haven't been baptized or even if you have you can be baptized again right um, I, I've never seen in the Bible where it said it was a limit. However, you don't want to do it all the time, but maybe you did it the first time and you didn't know what it really meant, or maybe you did it and you backslid and now you want to get back right. So it's okay. Um, but get baptized because that's truly, it, it does something to you naturally and spiritually, right? As well as being filled with the Holy Spirit, asking, the Bible tells us that the Lord would give Holy Spirit to those who ask in um, Matthew 7, 7. So if you go to him and just say, dear father, I have received your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I have confessed with my mouth. I believe in my heart that he is the son of God, that he came and he died and he rose on the third day. And now I'm asking you for your Holy Spirit. You promised to give us the comforter. You promised to, to give us the one that will lead and teach us and guide us into all truth. And your word says that anyone who asks, who you will, who asked for the Holy Spirit, you will give it to him. So I'm asking for the Holy Spirit for you to fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. And I thank you in advance for just uh, filling me. I thank you for sealing me because um, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is the um, the down payment of the, of the evidence of salvation, right? So when you are saved and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that is evidence that you are saved because only believers can be filled with Holy Spirit. So um, you can definitely just um, repeat those um, that what I just said. If you need to go back and listen to it again so you can repeat it, that is fine. As always, um, connect with a local church in your area. Find one. Ask the Lord to lead you to the right one, to the one where you can um, plug in, get rooted, um, and be a part and continue to grow amongst um, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I love you so, so very much with the love of Christ. There is absolutely nothing you can do about it. I appreciate every person who has listened to every podcast episode this year for 2022, season two, season three we had in 2022. You guys mean so much to me. You keep me going. You encourage me. You uplift me. Every download, every stream, every listen, it means so much. So I thank you so much for just helping me in my journey of being called to be a voice here on the, um, on a, on this podcast platform. Um, 
Again, I'm your host, Janelle Renee. This is the Purity After Promiscuity podcast where we are redefining a woman's worth. Um, I want you to know that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you his peace. I thank you um, and continue to just go to the Lord, pray, seek him, seek him for confirmation, revelation for anything that I said. You want to always go back to the Lord and just allow him to lead you, minister to you. I pray that your day is blessed. The rest of your year is blessed. I pray that your life is blessed in Jesus name. Amen. Talk to you guys in 2023.